Coming up next on Chamber Amplified. And I could see a large difference between the kids who had just graduated from college versus the people who had spent one or two years in the workforce. There was just a certain amount of understanding in terms of how you behave, how you dress, how you treat other people. And so if you've been going through college during the pandemic, where college rules are already very flexible, and then you go to a workforce, um, you know, even as adults, I've heard a lot of adults talking about it's really hard when you join a new job through Zoom or remotely to understand Mm -hmm. the culture. Hello again and welcome to the show. I'm Doug Jenkins from the Finlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce. On each episode of Chamber Amplified, we examine issues impacting the local business community from employee recruitment to marketing, IT issues, really anything that can be impacting your business. Our goal is to give members tips each week on at least one way they can improve operations and thrive in the current business environment. And each week we're looking at long-tenured Chamber of Commerce members to learn more about how they got started and their twists and turns along the way. Really love learning more about the history of the local business community. So today we're diving back into a familiar topic, employee recruitment and retention. We've covered that a lot here over the last several episodes. So I've heard from quite a few of our members that they struggle with members of Gen Z in the workforce. And you hear everything from the stereotypical they're entitled to. I just don't know how to relate to them. And it's all fairly understandable. So on this edition of the program, I'm talking to author Shalene Gupta, who's talked with several experts on this subject. And she's going to talk to us about her findings and how you can integrate younger workers into your place of business. And we're also continuing to highlight our Small Business Award winners. This week, we're taking a look at Jack Bees, who was honored with the Customer Service Award. We'll learn more about their history, how things are going at their new location on Trenton Avenue, talk a little bit about what's on their menu. I can't say for sure, but I think I went back to sample some of that menu after doing the interview this week. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you can rate and review the show there. Believe me, that really does go a long way in helping spread the word and helping get more information out into our local business community. Now, let's get into it. And welcoming into the podcast, author Shailen Gupta, who joins us. We're talking about Gen Z in the workforce, uh, and uh, you're a journalist as well. And uh, being a former reporter myself, I think the fun part of that is you get to get a lot of perspectives on topics, and I'm sure a lot of people have had a lot of things to say about Gen Z in the workplace. Absolutely. It is fascinating to me. It's um, I actually got assigned this beat because we were getting so much engagement that we weren't necessarily expecting. Let's get into your background a little bit. Uh, as a reporter, obviously, you report on business beats and everything that's been going on certainly the last two, three years has made for a lot of stories to cover. But how did you get into this world? Absolutely. Uh, so I went to journalism school back way back when in 2014. And business journalism was hiring. So I fell into tech business journalism, which was an exciting place to be and then decided I really wanted to work on a book. So I took some time off, ended up at Harvard Business School, co-writing a book on business and trust with a professor. And once that got published, I realized I really miss journalism because when you're (laughs) writing a book, you're out of the conversation for a couple of years. And so here I am back. I was curious about that. And obviously we'll get into what we're going to talk about, but anytime I get a chance to someone who's put a book together, I'm always curious of what the process is like. I know what it's like to be on deadline. I know what it's like to have to crank out stories and things like that. But having to make your own deadlines and everything like that, I imagine it can be a bit of an intimidating task. I actually loved it. I would compare uh, it to marathon training, which is not to say that I love marathon <laughs> training. Oh, well, now <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> but it's it's more of um, you know a long 
race where you really sort of look at, okay, I've got a book due in a year and then you break it down into chunks. That makes sense. And you just attack a chunk at a time. So I I thought about each chapter as sort of a long form article Hmm. and that made it a lot easier. Very cool. Well, I'll have to check the book out. Uh, the uh, The story that uh, that got my attention, I saw it, it's the Fast Company Daily Newsletter. You can see it on LinkedIn. Uh, how managers can bridge the Gen Z generation gap at work. And, and here at the Chamber, talk to a lot of different businesses and a lot of different businesses, just they're never sure how to handle Generation Z. Sometimes there's, you get into the issue of stereotyping, but they are built just a little bit different than, than we were. What are some of the things experts have been telling you? Oh, it's a fantastic question. So it's actually really interesting because I feel like we're sort of in the midst of this moment in time <laughs> that's kind of this generation war where people are going, who's Gen Z? And they're coming into the workforce and there's the scramble to understand them, which is wonderful. And one of the things that experts keep coming back to, which has fascinated me, is actually Gen Z is not that different when you boil it down because mm-hmm. we're still all human. And what's kind of different is there's two main factors. So number one, Gen Z is younger. And so there's just going to be generational tension because if you think about everybody else in the workforce, they've been there for a while, they're experienced. Um, there's just a certain level of knowledge that you acquire by dint of having been on the job. And it's kind of mm-hmm. easy to forget what it was like to start your first job and just not know anything from how long should my lunch break be to what do I wear on casual Friday? (laughs) And we all had that one person that wasn't that patient with us to begin with as well. So that's also important to remember. Exactly. And then, you you know, you take into account how good some people are at social cues or just that fear around asking a dumb question and it's tough. So there's that gap. And then two, there's the context that Gen Z is operating in. And that's another cause of generational tension because, and that you can break down into several different factors, right? So there's Mm -hmm. just like the technology angle where Jen, oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, I was going to say one of the, and it was in the article, one of the the biggest points on that because they came up in the pandemic and became professionals in the pandemic. And I guess we're talking about older Gen Z rather than younger Gen Z in that instance, but still, so they might have been taking college classes in their pajamas at, on a Zoom call, like what we're doing right now. And then they have an internship, which is also through Zoom. And in their minds, it's just the same thing. Uh, hey, I'm on Zoom. Whereas the cultural norms of that office and, and what you're doing in school might be two completely different things. Absolutely. And it's such a great point because even, you know, if I go back and I think about my first year on the job, a lot of that was just social learning in terms of how do you behave in an office? And it's radically different from college where college has its own social norms. And I remember I I went on a teaching program shortly after um, I was working and I could see a large difference between the kids who had just graduated from college versus the people who had spent one or two years in the workforce. There was just a certain amount of understanding in terms of how you behave, how you dress, how you treat other people. And so if you've been going through college during the pandemic, where college rules are already very flexible. And then you go to a workforce, um, you know, even as adults, I've heard a lot of adults talking about, it's really hard when you join a new job through Zoom or remotely to understand mm-hmm. the culture, to get to know people, to understand sort of what what the norm is, because you can't even observe people. Um, you can't just grab somebody at the water cooler and be like, hey, so can you just tell me what goes? Right. 
I went to just to that from college. It's tough. That's uh that's a difficult transition. And and before we talk about maybe how you integrate Gen Z and how you're a little bit more patient, uh, let, let's define Gen Z too, because I think sometimes Gen Z and millennials people just throw together, and that's that's a generation, but it's actually pretty different. Absolutely. So the official definition is Gen Z is 1996 to 2010, but I like to think of that as the 10 to 25 year old age. Mm-hmm. And then millennials are 25 to 40. So if you think about that, it's almost that just starting your career versus mid-careerists. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy to think millennials, or I, I guess it's not crazy to think, I'm right on the very leading edge of Gen X changing to, to uh, millennials. So I had that 1980s childhood, but then grew up uh, with uh, instant messenger and everything as a teenager. Um but that's kind of what defines that millennial, especially older millennials, uh, like it. But Gen Z, wildly, wildly different. They're probably a little bit better with technology than 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 some of us, and uh, and so forth. But everything that's just kind of delineating the whole thing, everything that we've talked about. How can managers better bridge that gap? What are the things people are telling you? You know, I really think it comes down to communication because here's the thing about advice, um, in general. Advice is nice as sort of a guiding principle, but then situations change, right? So it's impossible to say, like, do this for this situation because people change, mm-hmm. context changes. And that's where I'm going to say it comes down to communication over and over again, where, you know, as a manager, maybe don't make an assumption that Gen Z knows how they should be behaving in the office. Have that conversation. Try to make yourself somebody who is easy to talk to, unapproachable, and assume that maybe it come, you know, if there's something going on, it comes from a place of of ignorance rather than malice, of simply just not knowing that this is how you're supposed to function at work. So one of the things that we hear when uh, when we talk about Gen Z is the word entitlement comes up an awful lot. Do the people researching this find that that's the case, or maybe it's a, a label that we've put out there? Certainly, there are cases of it. I don't want to say that it's it doesn't happen, but I'm just kind of curious what studies show. Absolutely, it's a great question. Um, I haven't found anything specific in the studies because the issue is they're studying this moment in time where mm-hmm. right now older generations are saying, okay, Gen Z is entitled, but I don't have that longitudinal study that's saying like, hey, when millennials were just beginning, did baby boomers think we were entitled? When Gen X was beginning, did, you know, were they <laughs> entitled? I think the answer is yes to all those. I have no no scientific, to, nothing scientific to back that up, but uh, I definitely remember being called college boy all the time at the first radio station I worked at uh, by a couple of people. And I, I like, I don't even know that I'm acting entitled, but um, there was just that, hey, it's the new guy. He's a different generation. He does things differently. He's using that fancy computer and not the real to real machine. It's a completely different transition because I remember just having a hard time actually realizing, and this sounds so silly, but in college, you are in a society where it's set up to nurture you. And if you've mm-hmm. gone through the education system, teachers are there to make sure that you're being enriched and that you get places on time. And it's all about you. When you go to work, you are giving. And that is a paradigm shift. And it's a big one. And we don't talk about it enough. Nobody sits you down and says, hey, you have to give back now. It's not my mm-hmm. job to make sure that you are successful in life. It's 
your job to do that. That's what your 20s are for, figuring uh, figuring that all out, I suppose, and navigating those waters. I think it is important to say that we're talking a lot about that bridge from college uh, into the workforce, but I think the same things rank, rank true for people who are going into skilled trades or going right into the labor force. Again, their experience as they're coming in to be in that working population wildly different than what we experienced when we made that transition, which isn't to say that none of us had things that were hallmarks of what we wouldn't like for me. It was post 9-11 and, and you know, every generation has that. Here's what the world looks like. But this was a really, really crazy curveball that we all experienced a couple of years ago. Absolutely. 100% makes sense. And I think the pandemic in many ways has sort of slowed down social development mm -hmm. in a way that's harder to picture when you're older and you've had sort of your key development years in a different society, because it is really hard to picture right now. What was it like to spend your key high school years or your key college years under lockdown? And I was interviewing somebody who did actually make his transition from middle school to high school mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And it was just heartbreaking because, you know, all those teenage things that you go through about like, am I normal? Mm -hmm. I weird. He's talking about coming back to school, being absolutely terrified of germs, being afraid of like exposing his younger siblings. And at the same time, this desperate need to prevent, to be normal and act like he's cool and nothing else is going on. And all of his friends are doing it. And That's... Go ahead. That is a huge jump. That's something that that's going to have long-term impacts, and we're definitely going to see it in the workforce. So last question for you. Uh, I think one of the great parts about this article is it also flipped around and says, hey, hey, Gen Z, here's what you can do to help yourself a little bit. What are some of the tips that uh, that you've heard from people? I mean, the first is going with that entitlement question, really flipping that question, asking, how can I contribute? How can I take ownership? realizing that it's up to you to help and sort of, you know, you get a task and it's not school anymore. It's not, I'm just taking off a homework assignment. Think about why are you being assigned this task? What is the ultimate purpose? It's not just, I followed the instructions. It's at the end of the day, what is going to produce results mm -hmm. that helps my team or the people who gave it to me? Because you're all at the end of the day at a job working together for a common goal. I said that was the last question. I lied. This is a frequent, I, I don't know if you've listened to back episodes or not, but it's a frequent problem of mine. Is, I always think of one more. We talked to uh, an area high school football coach uh, several weeks ago before the football season even started about what it's like to coach Gen Z. And one thing that he said that really stuck out to me, and I'm curious maybe if it resonates with you and, and the people that you've talked to, is that they'll do what you ask them to do, but they want to know why. The why is very important to this generation. And if you can do that and explain that, then generally you're going to get the results that you want. I love that. That's so smart. He's a good coach. I can see why. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely great because I, then you're empowering someone to think. Have you heard other people, uh, other experts in the field talk uh, about that? And, and uh, do you see a pattern of that, perhaps? I haven't heard anyone specifically mentioning why. What I've mm -hmm. heard is that um, Gen Z should be taking ownership. And mm -hmm. um, mainly the question they're asking is kind of why are things the way they are? That they've been questioning why society is set up the way it is because the pandemic sort of broke down all right. the rules that we know. And once that's happened, especially in your formative years, I think it leaves this question of like, 
well, why trust anything? Why take it for granted? <laughs> what is the actual logic behind it? That's a very good point. And we all ask questions going into the workforce and going into adulthood and everything. It's it's nothing new. It just probably looks a little bit different than uh, than when we were with that age and doing it. So I guess the patience is the key and uh, understanding and, and the generations will do all right. But I have heard a lot of businesses talk that once they get multiple generations integrated in the workforce, it's really interesting and and really creates a, a diversity. But uh, a, 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 I don't want to say fun because it's not necessarily about fun, but it creates an interesting work environment for people. I could really see that. I was just talking to a Gen Z founder, actually, and he got his start in high school and it was amazing to me. But basically, he started as someone who was just supposed to be like the the teenage think tank. Mm-hmm. And then he made it to their operations lead just because he was able to contribute on such a large basis in terms of, well, how is Gen Z thinking? How should we be marketing to the next generation in the digital age. And he was the best person positioned to do that. So there's a lot of strengths in having a diverse workforce. Absolutely. Shirley, I appreciate your time today. Uh, if people want to find you on the web, read some more of your work, uh, order your book, how can they do that? Absolutely. They can find me at www.shaleengupta.com or on Twitter at Shaleen Gupta. And that's S-H-A-L-E-N-E-G-U-P-T-A. There you go. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Shalene, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Big thanks to Shalene for joining us today. I think she makes a really good point about us having a lot more in common with younger workers than we think. I know when I think back to my first job out of college, I was always asking a lot of questions. I imagine that can be fairly annoying sometimes. You know, like, why don't you just know the answer off the top of your head already? Uh, but fortunately, I worked with a group who was willing to uh, go through my growing pains as I learned how to become a better professional. And that was really helpful in my development. So one quick chamber note to run by you. While our digital billboard program is sold out through the end of the year, we will be signing people up for the first round of 2023 very soon. And we've made some changes to help our members get even more exposure through that program. So let me know if that's something that your business could use in the coming year, and I will get you all the information on that. Before we get into the next interview uh, with Jack Bees, I will tell you, I went and did this one on location, so the audio might sound a little bit different than what you're used to. Uh, it's basically a three-person operation. They have a hard time getting out of there uh, to either get to the Small Business Awards or or to uh, take time out to do a podcast, but really wanted to highlight them. I think they're doing a lot of good work. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's what's going on here in this next interview. So let's get back into the show. Joined on the podcast now by the proprietors of Jack B, Sherry and Brennan Butler. We are excited to be here. In fact, they're so busy. I came on location. Also, maybe, well, they're not open yet, so I'm not going to get some food today. But thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. (laughs) All right. So they're a little nervous to do the podcast. They're extremely busy, uh, but uh, we're we're honoring all of the Small Business Award winners and just talking uh, a little bit about that. And and I know from talking to all the different award winners, you you don't do your business to win the award. Uh, You you just do what you do and and the award follows. But to be recognized for customer service, I, I imagine that has to feel pretty good feels real good for us. Uh, I think that uh, what we stand for and what we uh, push for is that good guest service and making sure everybody comes in here. We want them to make them feel at home. We want to make them feel like family before they come in, grab their food, and then out the door. So that's kind of what we do here at Jack B's. Yeah, and and it's more more than just having good food. I mean, we have good quality food, (laughs) but the the whole package um, brings that customer service in too. We think it's very important to, like I said, make our customers feel 
like they are welcome, that they've, um, they're not only getting good food, they're getting good service. And, um, that's what we, that's our two main hitters. Well, and I imagine it's something that you really, given how you got started in a very small location, you've moved into a little bit of a bigger location, but you've got takeout, takeout orders and, and that's it. So be able to have that just small interactions, but have that big of an impact. I, I think that really speaks worlds for what you're doing. Yeah, it's a, and we call it, or what I call it, it's that first five minutes. What are you doing to try to make your customer feel special within that first five minutes they come through the door? A lot of times you go to restaurants out anywhere you go, question you ask yourself, when's the last time a restaurant made you feel special? So we feed off of that knowing that, hey, what can we do to make these people feel special before they leave in and out the door for us? So that's kind of what we look for. Absolutely. And, and we know, we realize we've set the bar high because this is these are crazy times in this world. So I know our customers expect to come in. They expect that, that smile, that friendliness, and, and we've set that bar, and, and we know it's important not only to ourselves but to everyone. So for people who may not be familiar with Jack Bees, what's on the menu? How do they get the order in, and uh, how, can, how can they take part in all this good customer service? Um, I think one, first off, I think the easiest way would be to call on the phone. Um, but mainly, most of our orders are done via uh, online phone app, uh, phone system, uh, online system, ordering uh, is wave of the future. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, the easiest way if people can't find us, you know, or can't, uh, not technology or techie, can use the phone, call us up. Uh, you can look on our website. You can find our uh, uh, menu, anything you need, questions. Uh, that you have on our menu before you order. And actually, there is an order button on there. Uh, if you go to our website, there'll be an order at the bottom where you can just say order Facebook and Facebook page, excuse me, where you can just do that. So uh, we try to make it easy. We try to make it simple. It's that turn and burn is what we call it, you know. Uh, get your order in. We'll give you a time and then come pick it up. So that's kind of what we do. You mentioned the menu, and uh, we've got some great burgers. We've got chunks. We've got uh, all sorts of good stuff. Man, every time I go to the menu, I'm like, oh, I want all of that <laughs> and have to make some hard decisions. So what, uh, what are the specialties? Our, our top three sellers are naturally our boneless chicken chunks. We got best chunks at Finley a couple weeks ago. Um, we go through hundreds of pounds a week. We cut them fresh daily. Um, burgers, they're, they're very good. That's a gourmet burger. It's a black Angus brisket mix. Our burgers have become very popular. Our Phillies, uh, very authentic to Philadelphia. We start with that Omarosa bun that comes straight from Philly. So really anything on the menu, you can't go wrong. Our portions are big and flavor is very important. Um, Brendan brings the flavor. So... Well, that's just it. It's, it's all made scratch. Uh, and I'm going to let people in on the secret. If you want the most decadent, probably only want to get it maybe once or twice a year. Don't make it a weekly thing. The chicken and waffle sandwich oh, yeah. is, I've, 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 I wasn't eat it for a while because I'm like, oh, man, I don't eat that much. Then I finally was like, you know what, I'm doing it. And it was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's a great product. Um, you know, uh, we're foodies. So <laughs> for us... To find a uh, sandwich like that, and even uh, our chunks and waffles is very good. And if people haven't tried it, and if you haven't tried that, Doug, you need to try that because the, the chunks and waffles is more like a uh, the the chunks, the plain chunks on top, so everybody can get that chunks plus the waffles, the syrup. You get butter with it. You got a choice of over medium egg, one or two. So you were going, we're going to that next level with that, and we're doing the breakfast thing. So it's like kind of like a meal in itself. So 
Uh, besides the uh, sandwich itself, you know, we have the waffles. You know, the menu itself, a uh, lot of good things on there, and uh, we'll continue to strive to change things on the menu, improve. Uh, we got uh, starting uh, next Monday, we're coming up with a new uh, flavor for our chunks. So, but our customers are going to come up with the name for our new flavor of chunks. So, uh, most of our things on our menu has come via our customers letting us know that hey, this is great. You need to put it on the menu. So it's not just us. We kind of come up with the ideas for the food, get it out there. We run trials, we run tests, and then it's literally our customers that really make the decision as what goes on our menu. So ties back to the customer service. So neither of your names are Jack. So let's get into that story and. and how the restaurant became Jack B's. Okay, so uh, Jack B's uh, evolved from Jack Butler, my dad. Uh, make a long story short, I was getting ready to open up a cafe restaurant for Myers Beach, Florida, 2004. Um, was getting close to getting that open. Got a phone call, my dad came down with terminal cancer, brought me back to Finley, Ohio. Um, and from there, uh, had to wait about 10 years before I could get my next uh, chance to open up a restaurant. Uh, which is Jack B's. My dad died of cancer. So it was kind of that tribute to the old man, the dad, to just say, hey, look, man, we appreciate you. And, of course, it was a catchy name. You know, Jack Butler, Jack B's, it just all worked out that way. So, Absolutely. You can see the tribute to him out here uh, at the store on Trenton Avenue. I think we'll wrap up with that. Uh, Jack B's got started downtown in maybe the tiniest location in downtown Finley. Uh, yeah, you get your hallway uh, where you just throw out great food. Uh, tell us about the move out here to Trenton Avenue and how that's thing opened things up for you. We knew it was time. We knew it was time. We were still seeing new customers every single day. Um, we were turning customers away every day downtown just because we didn't have the space. We couldn't add more equipment. So we knew it wasn't a choice. We needed to make that move. Um, it was a great move. It took a lot of time. Um, Effort, a lot of a lot of effort, power, tears, everything. every everything. It was um, I know a year ago in August is when we got the keys and we just opened it. Um, we've been here since the end of June, so it was a long process, but um, very much worth it. The move was um, much needed. It's been great. I mean, we're feeding a lot more families. Uh, better parking. <laughs> <laughs> there is just, better parking. Yeah, yes, feeding a lot more families and reaching a lot more people. And um, again, word of mouth is still doing it for us. We, we um, you know, we're feeding the larger orders that we do at the different companies. We'll serve 30. Well, those 30 people might not have had Jack B. So we're, we're getting more customers all the time, just from all kinds of different avenues. That's awesome. And the, the small business award, well-deserved. Thank you for uh, being a part of the Finley business community. Thank you for having us out today. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate Thank you for adding to my waistline. I appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, we will catch up with you soon. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks. And thanks again to Sherry and Brennan for joining us. They certainly knock it out of the park when it comes to customer service. And if you're looking to indulge yourself for lunch or dinner, it's really hard to go wrong with Jack B's. Like I said, I know in the interview I said that I wasn't getting anything to eat because they weren't open yet, but uh, I may have circled back later in the day. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope you learned a little something about the local business community and hopefully a little something to help you run your business better. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like to hear us cover, just send me an email, djenkins at finleyhancockchamber.com. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Remember, if you're listening on our website, we do appreciate it. But if you want to make it easier on yourself and just have every episode come straight to your phone, just search for Chamber Amplified in your favorite podcast player. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Chamber Amplified from the Finlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce.